to another episode of Not Your Average Operator. You know who you're listening to. It's me. It's Melon. How you going? How you going, Nick? Mike and Tio. <laughs> that sounded so terrible. It really Get did. on with it. Stop. We're not, we're not deleting it. We're not Quit deleting your belly it. Yeah, I don't care. You think I care what you two think? Whatever. How you doing? What's been going on? What's going on for you, Mike? Uh, listen to this. I want everybody to hear this. Ready? Hold on. It's getting there. I don't know if you oh. heard that. That's Ooh. a frothy. Today's a that, day That's of a cranberry juice. That's nah. a cranberry juice. It's all I got, okay? Uh, it's carbonated. No, so uh, I'm celebrating today. Today's a very exciting day for me. So I just submitted my final capstone project for school, which I started six months ago. And I literally hit submit as uh, right before we hit the record button on here. So it's a celebration day for me. Uh, that, that that's a big one there and no, no joke that's that's really good man i'm freaking proud of you i really I'm freaking am. proud of me dude I, i'm i'm proving to myself that i'm not a dummy and <laughs> my well whoa, whoa whoa let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> <laughs> i said i'm proving it's not proved i could have just turned it into the biggest piece of garbage i've ever i've ever written so let's let's just wait but my goal was i i had a 94 percent after I hit that send button, I don't know what it's going to be now, but uh, my goal is to have an A at the end of this portion. And I had a 94. So at least opening this beer is celebrating what I had and we'll see what happens. How many marks is this one worth? Like what percentage of your overall is this one? Uh, is this like 40%, 60%? Yeah, I think it's like 40, 45% of my grade overall. Yeah, yeah. But it's- You, uh, should, at least, you should at least get a pass overall then, right? You should at least get 51 overall. I mean- I put the effort in, right? So therefore, I should just pass. I showed up, so I should get an award, right? Absolutely. That's not how real life. That's not how real life. That's not how real life works. No, no, no. Well, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it does. I'm pretty sure it does. I, if I complain, if I point the finger, if I just show up and give like effort, you know, even if like the smallest effort, I should just be handed everything that I want, right? Yeah. That's how uh, it works. Yeah, absolutely. I thought That's so. Hot. Everything I've ever achieved in my life was just because I just showed up. I oh. put well, I put some effort, and then I started complaining. Mike, is it okay if you can you tell us what the topic was? Because legit for the listeners, we haven't heard him tell us what the what the topic was. Yeah. So, um, so uh, it's something that's really. I, I think we've all experienced it, but I, I did it on soft suicide and a percentage in there. Uh, is the highest actually. So out of the entire U.S. military, the special operations forces have the highest uh, rate, which is about 30 per, what is it? 30 per 100,000, which is the highest in the military. And I basically talk about uh, the, the issues that we're facing today, as far as like the environment, like what's leading to it, what are the problems? You know, it's like this ego problem. There's a stigma that like, we have to be hard all the time that uh, we're machines, like because we go through elite training, that we can just handle anything that's thrown at us, uh, and then also people just not being comfortable with talking about emotional stuff, uh, or you know, and that's anywhere, but specifically soft is it was my focus because it's a bunch of alpha males, 
and the environment, the view from the public and everything else is just, you know, we're untouchable that we're just the best. Uh, but there, I really dig into a lot of breakdowns as far as leadership communication, being uh, open to uh, having discussions, emotional intelligence, and remembering, honestly, at the end of the day, that we're all people and that none of us are machines that you can just throw at war for the last 19 years and expect to walk out the same person or uh, with a balance about your life. Like, it's just, it's just not possible. So uh, basically, I offered some new ideas, some new approaches uh, to how we can handle it. Just a lot of experience that I've gotten honestly, from this podcast and different perspectives that, that I've shared and, and learned at the same time have, have been very beneficial. So I kind of incorporated that into my paper and hopefully the right people read it and, you know, they can read it, they can post it, they can do whatever they want, but ultimately people need to take action and lead by example. And, uh, you know, me personally, I try to do that in my own circle I'm the first one to stand up to admit that I've asked for help and that I've had tough times and where to get the resources. And I want my, I want the people that I lead to know that I'm not perfect, that I've been through struggle and build that connection with them. And if they feel that they need help and, you know, they can come to me and I'm going to help them and not judge them or punish them or reprimand or anything like that. It's like, dude, why would I call you brother in combat? Why don't I call you brother you know, at here at home when you're having a tough time. So anyway, it's a lot, but I hit the submit button on that sucker. And anytime, man, I had, you know, been writing it for 22 weeks and just finally submitted it. So it feels really good. So cheers to you guys. Cheers to you, Mark. Cheers. Honestly, yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a big topic to, to go into, mate. And I just want to <clears throat> just as a, as a person who's met you and listened to the things you've said, it's, it's made a difference to me, you sharing from your background. And um, I know, we know from the feedback we've received that it makes a big difference for people out there. So honestly, you know, you're the right person to step into this. You know, and like, what's the mission that we ultimately undertake? This is the one we have to undertake, one that's obvious to us. You know, so I know that this is important to you. And I didn't even know that this is what your topic was. I'm, I'm really proud of you, man. Thanks, man. You know, it's it's a really good example. And, you know, I try to explain this to people that, that I lead. Now that I've had a lot of experience in things and, you know, I'm doing this schooling thing, one for myself, but two, I've always said, you know, I want to explain the more intricacies of what we're doing in not just our job, but like life too. You know, I think that's kind of what we talk about on the podcast, but I want to give people the why I want to give people something more than just face value of, of these type of topics. And uh, honestly, it's just a very healthy thing to do and to, to jump in to something that's uncomfortable, especially a topic like this and being able to communicate it in a way that's going to resonate with everybody. You know, it's not using big fancy words. It's not standing in front of a room and, and giving a brief because it's in your standard checkoff list. Well, well, Hey, we have to do one of these quarterly, you know, every year, you know, every few months, blah, 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 blah. So we have to sit in here. We have to talk about these topics. It's just like, no, man, I just want to be genuine about it. I want to come out and, and say it in a way that really 
empathizes with you because I've been through it. And, you know, unfortunately in the last probably two years with COVID and, you know, pulling out of Afghanistan and like all kinds of major challenges and stuff, particularly for the military and community, suicides have been on the rise. And we always say, Hey, we need to talk about it. We need to, we need to keep trying to figure this monster out because it's going to, it doesn't want to stop eating. So uh, it's not, the message isn't getting to the people the right way. So we need to change tactics. Yeah. Well, I get, yeah, that this, it, I just thought this would be a perfect time to have Dr. Aaron, even though we didn't plan on talking about this. I just thought, man, I wish she was here. Yeah. Just to, I'd be curious to see what her insight is on, you know, just given her background, mm. but uh. you're, but I think you nailed it though, Mike, um, just regarding the, the compounding effect of just everything that's been happening, you know, multiple wars, multiple fronts, you know, crazy rotation numbers. Then you have lockdowns where you're isolated away from, you know, cause most of us are social people, especially in that community. I mean, it's, it's all about the brotherhood, hanging out, having beers, you know, making memories. And now you're told you can't do that from leadership, uh, which we usually don't agree with. And then, uh, and then on top of that, just you know, the debacle that just recently happened. It's just like, you think about all the compounding effects. You're just like, yeah, I could totally understand when someone just has a hard time accepting reality. You know, it's kind of like uh, you, you put all this work into things like Afghanistan or doing the right thing during the COVID thing, only for those things to constantly just disappoint you in the end. Right. Like, not to get political, but the way we handle COVID has been, in my eyes, a complete disappointment. Um, I've lost total trust on the people that I shouldn't have lost trust in because um, they're constantly changing their tune. Uh, and then the, I could, we've already gone into Afghanistan, so I won't. But I mean, I, I still think about that. And it still kind of bums me out. I'll just leave it at that. Like I, if, I'm, if I start to go down that rabbit hole, I pull myself back because I just think, there's nothing I can do. I'm just, you know, there's, I can't go and talk to the current administration and be like, Hey, we should probably go back in there and do this. Right. You know, I don't have that kind of sway. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, know there's people in your community though, Mike, that are, that are going there behind the scenes to help people out. And I think that's pretty awesome. You know, my hat's off just from the inner circles that I've been running with. I know that there's a concerted effort, um, where guys, even in uniform slash not really in uniform are kind of going back in behind the scenes to get people out. So it's still an ongoing thing. Um, and that, that there's like a, I guess a, just a small flame of, of hope in that dark fucking mess that uh, our current administration made. But anyways, yeah. well, just to, you know, jump back to that other side real quick with the, with the suicide, just during the last few weeks, according to, uh, you know, veterans affairs and all that stuff, the reports come out that phone calls and people, veterans seeking assistance has quadrupled uh, for people calling in with mental health issues and thoughts of suicide and everything else, just because of how everything's been turning out with uh, Afghanistan, the pullout, the response, like the images, the videos that are coming out and just, you know, all kinds of stuff, people revisiting some really harsh stuff. But uh, yeah, the asking, the ask, I mean, it's a good thing that people are calling and asking for help. Um, yeah. the, the community, as far as, uh, better, veterans affairs and assistance and mental health is like just smashed right now. 
you know, with all the stuff that's going on on top of all the COVID stuff that, that, you know, the regular civilian population was dealing with. Now you have all the veterans coming in being like, I'm having a hard freaking time. So, uh, you know, just to bring that side of it up, you know, kind of what's going on. And that like, there's a lot of people out there who are listening, who are not uh, in the veteran community, but who are doing it tough and have had a hard time and have had a hard 12 months and it doesn't seem to be getting any easier. It'd be just imagine the difficulty of normal life and homeschooling your kids and the lockdowns and the stress and the misinformation and the wondering when it's all going to end on top of being a veteran and seeing what's occurring in Afghanistan. You know, like I, I really hope that that's a source of empathy for people, you know, to reach out and, see if they can't make a difference or contribute or be understanding or ask questions or be available to talk to. Cause it's a, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a tough time for everyone. And if you think thrown into this mix at just the time when you probably most want to spend time with your brothers and sisters that you deployed with or the people you work with currently. <clears throat> and as Raf was saying, you, you've got these restrictions so you can't be with them right at this critical juncture when you most want to just get stuff off your chest <clears throat> like I would encourage our community where possible to do it digitally, to, uh, you know, use the technology we have to maintain that connection and have those conversations with people who know what you went through and know what you're going through now and try and share, you know, where possible, generate that community and despite the, uh, the situation with COVID. Yeah. How, how many, how many conversations have you guys had in the past three weeks from people that you served with or people that you knew? Yeah, a lot, right? Uh, yeah, a lot. Probably at least a dozen. And that's through different forms, right? I mean, uh, one of my neighbors is a veteran, and we ran into each other before we came through the gate. And, you know, first it was small talk. And then he immediately just said, he looked at me, he's like, how you, how you doing? I was like, I'm good, man. How you doing? And then but then once we had those pleasantries, we like went into the real details about how we really felt. So it was kind of cool, you know, that it was just like, we immediately, like, I knew what he was referring to referring to immediately as soon as he said how you doing i was like i'm good man how are you doing and you know we just kind of dove into it but yeah yeah a, at least a dozen yeah yeah same with me i i don't even know how many i, I kind of lost count but um you know before we get into the topic i just, I just want to say that you know one of the things about this this hasty garbage withdrawal and everything else it's not just having an effect on the immediate population with the Afghans and people that are stuck there and, and leaving everything. But uh, I just want to say that there needs, there needs to be accountability for that, but also too, with all the stuff I've been researching and reading on my paper regarding uh, veterans and mental health and suicide, that there are so many people that have unfortunately committed suicide and have had a lot of mental issues in the last couple of weeks. Um, you need to take somebody high up needs to take accountability for that as well. And, uh, because that, that shouldn't happen. They were no, nobody deserves to be in a place like that. And this kind of forced that on them again, or maybe even for the first time. And, uh, you can't just walk away with that with your hands clean. I'm not sorry about that. So It's such a hard yeah. time. <clears throat> it's a hard thing in all, in all ways. Like there's no easy way 
And it's funny when you see people in leadership positions who are like, and, and, and normal people as well, you, they feel, you feel that you can choose outcomes. You can choose, well, I want to have peace or I want to have a wonderful relationship or I want to have a, and a, you know, a great uh, healthy body. <clears throat> you can't choose the outcome. You can only choose the process. Like with the, with the personal health, like you need to get into that exercise routine and, and a healthy diet and you've got to run that pretty much your whole life. You want to have a great relationship You've got to be open to taking care of all the areas where you break down and so on and so forth. And if you want, like, if you want to have uh, peace, like there's a process and it's not an easy process and it's not intuitive. And these laws of unintended consequences are very difficult to predict what's going to happen. And, you know, I know we're talking about it a fair bit, but I just, the way the withdrawal done has been done is going to echo, you know, and there's going to be, fallout that we're going to have to deal with yeah yeah anyways i think this would be a good segue to talk about what we actually came together to talk about um which is a failure or failures because looking at you two i'm sure you guys have multiple fail i have one failure. you guys have <laughs> many but a failure that you actually are proud of which i know it sounds counterintuitive it's almost like an oxymoron like how could you be proud of a failure but they're Everyone's got something where you're like, I'm so glad I effed that up to the nth degree because it made me better in these areas of my life or it made me see life in a different light or whatever. Um, and I just thought that would be kind of like a fun, but also pretty legit topic to consider because I'm sure every individual has a massive, call it a milestone, call it whatever you want. Um, but it's kind of like, had it not been for that, you know, egregious event, I wouldn't be where I'm at or you know, la, 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 la. So I'll kick it off. Um, the, the first one is almost too, too damn obvious and I almost didn't want to talk about it, but I, but it is significant. So I'll just, I'll mention it. It was when I completely fucked it away at selection. Um, and obviously, you know, six to eight months of preparation and putting every resource that I had time, money, effort, time away from my, from my marriage, which, cost me in another way um you know it, going there with uh, my best friend and me completely not making it i mean that was to say that i was I, I i alluded to it that you know the depression set in later but after the fact after all that after all the failure and i was looking at you know because once i didn't make it i remember sitting there and trying to di dissect exactly where like the miniature failures while I was there, right? Like I didn't meet these times. I didn't do this right. I, I could have done better here. Um, I didn't think the preparation, I mean, I probably could have done better preparation, but I remember when I was dissecting and I was collecting all my little faults and kind of what led to me not getting picked up so close to the end. Um, I there, there were a couple of life lessons that I walked away with, even though it was uh, sometime after. And one of those was that, you know, you have to just, learn to be at peace with whatever life gives you. It doesn't matter what, like Mike, you were just kind of making the joke about, wait, I showed up. I, I put in some effort. I should just get it right. Like I should, it should just fall on my lap. I mean, I look, I showed up. Um, but I think that was like one of the, the realest lessons in my life where it's like, look, man, even when you put all into it, like everything you have, you might still not get it. And that's okay too. Right? Like it's completely okay. Cause it's 
like you, I think Mike, you said when you were going through, through your form of selection, you know, you, you were just taking it day by day, like, yes, the end goal was to, to make it to, to that group of people, but it really, you were looking at it day to day. And I wish I had that because I was so focused on the prize. I was so focused on trying to, you know, make it to the end um, that I, I lost track of what was in front of me. So anyways, the, the biggest takeaway for me was legitimately, you're not always going to get what you work your ass off for. And that's okay. Like it's completely okay. Um, it wasn't meant to be, I mean, could I have gone back and redrawn and you know, whatever. Yeah, of course I could have, but, um, there was other priorities in my life and I made some promises. So I think I was, I'm, I, I don't think I know that I'm better off. And I know that my life as I know now would not be what it is had it not been for that massive failure. I mean, honestly, I would, my wife and I keep talking that we'd probably be divorced. Um, my son wouldn't be born. I wouldn't be living where I'm at. I just, there's so many things and I wouldn't trade these things up for the world. So that that's the first one. The second one, and this one's actually kind of funny. So when I was about 22, maybe just shy of 23, um, I, so there was a girl that I, I'll leave her nameless, but this was like my first real girlfriend. We dated for about three years. We started in the summer of our junior year, dated all through senior year. And, um, you know, as most relationships, like towards the end, of the relationship it becomes tumultuous it's it's fickle it's whatever it is it's you know starts kind of coming apart and the foundation but in the beginning it was genuinely like i we were you know it was like that puppy love you know it's high school it's it's every it's your it's your world right like i'm her she's mine you know we do the stupid heart shape the honeymoon yeah. days yeah yeah well it's also it was my first real relationship so you know you're all in you know like this is it we're gonna get married we're gonna have 10 children blah 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 Anyways, there was a very key component and fundamentally why it was ultimately never going to work, but we kind of decided to just look past that in the beginning, which is why everything was great in the beginning. It was, she was Mormon. I wasn't. And, um, you know, I always knew that she was always going to stay in that faith. I knew that she was always going to stay in that, like that, that's just who she is. Like, that's who she was. But I just, I kind of refused to look at it. Anyways, that's the boring part. The funny part is we were kind of, you know, once we left high school, I joined the military. She went and did a mission. And when she came back from a mission, she moved up to a, a university up in San Jose, California. And I was living in Santa Cruz at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, like, man, this is fate, right? Because we'd been off and on, off and on. And like, now here I am in Santa Cruz and she's like 30 minutes over the hill for me. Like, I'm, I'm going to win her back. I'm going to go there and I'm going to show her that like, I'm the guy and blah, blah, blah. And I'll sort out the whole not being Mormon thing out later. And, you know, we were we had rekindled some feelings again, but I think she, cause most women are much more evolved than men are. I think she understood like, yeah, he still likes me, but this isn't going where I ultimately wanted to go, which is, you know, she wanted to settle down have kids. And I just, I was nowhere near that. I just, I felt like I had some sort of ownership over her cause we had this history, right? It was, it's completely stupid, but long story short. So I, I decide I'm going to do this romantic thing where I'm going to like, just kind of show up and announce and like swoop her off her feet and take her on dates and blah, blah, blah. And so she doesn't stop me from that. As a matter of fact, I remember when I was like, Hey, I'm going to be up in your neck of the woods. We should hang out. And she's, and she was very kind of like, not very matter of fact, kind of not coy, but she was just like, yeah, sure. If you want to hang out, that's great. Just let me know what your plans are, you know, but there was nothing solid about the plans. So I show up there and it's a great, um, 
we kind of just end up hanging out Friday, Saturday. It's a beautiful day. So we're at her community pool. And as soon as I show up, like, I'm not even making this up. I think I'm doing push-ups in the bathroom to look as full as I can. I mean, I'm 22. I'm 22. So, I'm picturing the hairnet, the top button done up, the white yeah. shirt underneath. Yeah. This wow. is all true story, too. So I, I leave the bathroom, swole up, and uh, I make it to the pool. And she's there. And, of course, I'm like, I'm, you know, this is – I'm going to conquer this. And within two minutes of that, some dude shows up. Now, there's other people in the pool, and the dude shows up. And I immediately, like, I, you know, he catches my attention. Not that it matters. He's some Armenian dude. Kind of soft. Had the stupid choke chain back from the uh, – because this is, like, the late night – well, this is what? early 2000s so creed was big and he had that stupid choke chain that the creed singer would wear it's like this metal it was just it was garbage that's what caught my attention i was like a barracuda i saw something shiny so he walks in and they immediately greet each other like they know each other and he goes in for a kiss and i'm blown away because i had no idea she was dating uh anybody let alone this this douchebag i get to know the guy a little bit turns out to be he's a car salesman and uh at some point i think like an hour into it almost everybody's gone from the pool. It's just the three of us. So it's, now it's awkward because I came here to swoop her off her feet, but she's here with this Armenian dude who apparently like wants to be in Creed and sells used cars. And I'm just like, <laughs> but I'm, but my ego's still like, dude, this guy's a douchebag. She's going to see over him and she's going to like, you know, tonight it's going to be her and I, well, they start making out, dude. I'm not making like, we're in the hot tub and they're making out. And I'm just like, I can't like, I don't, Dude, my ego was oh my, my ego was taken into a barrel and just shot like with a shotgun, like close range. And I laughed like at the time it was pretty. It wasn't pretty. It was actually pretty nasty. And I remember feeling completely deflated and destroyed. But shortly after that, I would say six months, maybe I really had some introspection. I remember just kind of I was on a long drive and I thought about it and I thought to myself, I had learned some really hard lessons that moment. And one of them is don't play with people's emotions because I was playing with her emotions, right? Like I felt like I had some sort of ownership over her. And the truth is I wasn't honest with her and I wasn't honest with myself, especially about the Mormon church. Like I knew that I would never go down that road. And I think that was an important piece for her. And I just thought, well, we'll just sort that out later. But I, I always knew in the back of my head, like it's not something that I, you know, and it's not a diss towards the Mormons because I love Mormons. I mean, they're genuinely some of the nicest people I've ever met on this earth. Um, but I just, as far as the religion goes, it's just something that I, my heart wasn't in. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, sometimes people, not sometimes, almost always people's perceptions or um, ideals or whatever, like their belief systems don't align with yours. And that's okay too. Right. Like her, her, she had already made a decision that I wasn't, I wasn't the, the one that she was going to end up with. And even though I wanted it, she was like, no, this is over. But we had three years to figure that out. And at some point, one of us had to make a decision. I just didn't have the balls to do it. She did. So what I'm trying to allude to is, you know, it's, so, it's okay if somebody's life doesn't align with yours, right? It's just, listen, it's their life. Like you don't own it. You, as a matter of fact, you shouldn't even it's just kind of interesting because I remember my feelings were shattered because I just could not believe that she wasn't like in awe or enthralled by my efforts to win her back. I mean, it's just, you know, and then the third one is probably the most important one because I, I alluded to the fact that that Armenian dude was a douchebag. I realized that I was the douchebag in that pool. It wasn't him. 
I was the douchebag that went there trying to win her over, trying to like just force myself into her life again when clearly I didn't want it before. And suddenly I, on my own terms, I was like, no, you know, we should, we should be an item again. And she was like, absolutely not. So anyways, it was a, it was a pretty funny, it was a massive failure in that it completely, my ego was destroyed. And I mean, you know, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips and uh, yeah, she totally put me in my place, but I'm so glad she did because I realized that, you know, no one's life belongs to me. Like you make your decisions. And if we line up, man, that's awesome. That means it's meant to be. That means we both put in the work and, and it's amazing. It, and that goes with friendships too. But if, if it doesn't, then that's okay, man. Like, don't be pissed off. Don't get angry at them. Don't be jealous or maybe have those things, but control them, put them in a box, express your, your opinion, and then just move on amicably. You know what I mean? Like I just, um, cause I, I've seen people blow up because things don't work out. And I'm like, dude, relax. It's such a, it's such a massive story to share, mate. Honestly, that's big. I really, you know, hats off to you for, for sharing that just with Mark and I and no one else. We won't tell anyone. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but <clears throat> that is such a big deal. That last, that very last point, right? Like there's no obligation on anyone else. There's no obligation. There's no obligating anyone. No obligato. There's only like decisions about your own life and there's like limits you can have on, and boundaries on your own. Uh, participation and you know how far you're going to go in a relationship and everyone's everyone's got their own autonomy rule everyone has agency right that's such a big deal Raph to be able to be like you can extend the hand of friendship and just be great and then you're not attached to whether like their life comes and goes you know and you can just be great when they're with you and when the page turns and the chapters move on people can move out of your life and it doesn't have to be a disaster Super healthy, mate. Honestly, like that's that's massive. Do you want me to do you want me to go with one of mine now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd love to hear your I'd love to he hear your major fuck ups. Yeah, right. So Horn, of course. Um, you know, I know we've talked about this briefly before, but uh young little boy Mellon only wanted to be a pilot when he grew up and then sort of had the the realism of people telling him about the difficulties to get, you know, just, and the realities of life sort of settled in. And I thought it was an unachievable goal. Went off and spent time in the army and then came 21 and applied to join the air force and was lucky enough to get in. And the only thing I wanted to fly was fast jets. And so pilot course and then selected for jets lead in fighter course and the intro fighter course. So the basic tactics and then Hornet course, you know, and I was like training as a pilot for, 15 months and then stream fast jet for another 18 months. And it was at the very end of that, it was, you know, two missions from the end that I got scrubbed. And that was a massively hard pill to swallow. Like that was, you know, that was all my professional dreams in that one moment that was uh, taken away or, you know, that I just didn't, I didn't cut the mustard. And uh, it's funny because, looking back on it and like the way my life unfolded after that, you know, I met Cherry four months later in a different city, in a different part of Australia, you know, a couple of thousand kilometers away, never would have met her, never would have had the kids, never would have had these experiences. But it's like the lesson when I look back on it is that like my personal life was really like a mess and a struggle at the same time as trying to undertake something that's super difficult in your professional life. And it's, it's like probably one of those two things can be out of balance 
And if you're, you know, really committed and working hard, you can probably get through. But you cannot have your personal life and your professional life both in just a massive state of struggle. You know, like I was in a relationship that wasn't working and, you know, probably like you just trying to make it work when neither of us were compatible with each other and just in, in struggle town and then just absolutely maxed out at work, you know, and, and getting through, um, you know, I'm sort of the skills that I got in that additional 18 months of fast jet training have stood me in good stead my whole career afterwards. Like I've never, never failed another mission touch wood after that last one, right? Like when I was 22, 23 and there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff, but the one that I've really taken with me is, you know, being able to, like I think you mentioned it, Raph, like being able to give everything you've got and then walk away is one. Being able to, if you, if I hadn't given everything I had, I'd be like filled with regret and unable probably to deal with it. And the second one is that you know, you need that boundary between your personal life and your work life, and you know. If both of them are struggling, you are in a world of hurt and your life's going to go down the shitter pretty fast. And the last one is don't live with the regrets. You know, like I remember there was a the group captain of the year training wing came and gave a, a presentation at the, the flying school. I was an instructor and he walked in and was like, sat in my office. This group captain's coming to my, you know, like I'm an 03. He's like a, I think he's an 06 or 07. He's coming and sat in my office. He's like, Melon. You know, you got really close in a Horner course. And if you were going now, that would have recoursed you. We've changed the policy. We would never suspend a guy after the amount of training you receive. So I'm here to say we're going to give you another chance. And I was like, you know, like your beautiful old girlfriend walked into the bar. And I was like, just all the thoughts immediately, like I hadn't, hadn't thought about this for years. You know, like I've had combat tours in Iraq, over Iraq and, married and kids and I'm an instructor and he was like you know we just sort of reviewed your file and we're like we're going to give you another shot and I just sat there and I just said to him you know like that time has passed for me and I have this baby girl now who's had six months in the hospital and she's legally blind and she's got massive health challenges and and that's that's the center of my world now. That's right in the heart of my universe. And I know what it would take for me to go and to successfully complete one of these courses. Like you're saying, Raph, you know, you have to be all in. There's only all in, there's nothing else. And I just knew that that sense of maybe last week's episode, you know, that success versus uh, significance, that that personal sort of victory, that personal satisfaction I'd derive from getting through fast jet course again, because here I'd be with heaps more experience going back in with, you know, 2000 hours of flying now, rather than, you know, when I joined the Air Force, I had zero. Mm. And just a stable relationship and loving home life and all of that stuff. It was a totally different, like, and I only had two flights to go to graduate. Most likely I was going to be able to do it, but I was able to say with just a clean conscience to this guy and a, and a happy heart and great, a lot of gratitude for him for offering, that that was not going to be in my future. And I just remember him looking at me with his jaw hanging open because it was like, they don't do this, you know? I think it says a lot that you were really focused on the present and what you had and you were grateful for what you had and you weren't worrying about something you, 
you couldn't control, which would be, you know, the future that you didn't even know what it was about. Like, oh yeah, I could go back into Hornets. And you said you had all these different thoughts and everything, but what you did know is that you were married, you had, you had a new daughter and you're happy where you were. And you were like, you know, you probably said something like, I don't want to mess this up with what I have. You know, like I love my life. I love what I have and I'm grateful. So like jumping into this new thing that just kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, that's, that's like a bolt of lightning, you know, that's coming in. It's just, I I think there's part of it as well. Like, honestly, when you're in your twenties, I'm like, say yes to everything, just go throw your hat over the fence and worry about how you're going to get it back later. Just say yes and go with everything you've got. But then there's a point at which the focus has to shift off the individual and start to shift onto a relationship or a family at some other point. Like, but you need to be a little bit selfish in that early stages to have success. You have to be willing to be all in and not worry about other parts of your life. And I was not in that stage. I was in the stage of life where I had had serious brushes with death. You know, like Annie had nearly died 13 times in the hospital. It was 173 days there. And there was meant, there was more surgery in her future, actually, that I didn't know about yet. And, you know, I, I had to be all in for my daughter. And it was, a, it was just a different phase of where I was on my arc, you know? And, and like, I think that success significance piece maybe is part of it. And it's also recognizing, you know, just my capacity. Where's, where really is my capacity? I was at the upper limit of getting through that time with Annie in the hospital. And, you know, I, I know that, I had a positive impact on her. I won't say that she only lived because of me, but I really do think that that's the case. No doubt. And if I was distracted a bit or if I was maxed out at work, I, you know, I don't think I would have been able to deal with it. So a lot of other things came, you know, in that space and being able, I think, to let go, release that attachment to that, that path and, and really focus on the gratitude being offered it was lovely though i must say yeah 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 no it's you a know, compliment that, it's absolutely a compliment that beautiful girlfriend was, comes back yeah comes back and is like how about it yeah yeah girlfriend comes back malin i missed your dong i want it oh my god <laughs> you're a little Note to self, we're gonna edit it's, this it's, part out T.O. Raff went what? off the reservation. He went off the reservation, everybody. <laughs> Wait, I thought that was a good analogy. Is that not a good we're having, analogy? We're having such a beautiful moment there and you ruined it, <laughs> Raff. Every time. Why is it every yeah. time you have to be the... That's why I'm everybody's favorite T.O. Yeah. T.O. something. Well, that, that might be your turn to jump in, Mike. Yeah. Uh, well, it's... I'm going to kind of go along the lines with what Raph did so my, mine was kind of a relationship thing as well uh that you guys know very well about when oh the guy that dumped you yeah no, <laughs> so, a lot of people don't know about the, yeah, so the details yeah it, it was yeah okay when you used to work as a red boy look get it out just get it out fellas get it out feel great these are 45 year old men by the way. It's so good having been finished already. This is a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just sit I've got like an endorphin and... rush. I've got an endorphin rush. Yeah. I want to see you suffer now. That's right. Yeah. It's my hey, life. At least you were guys. showing up by the Armenian Creed guy. It can't be that bad. Yeah, there's no Armenian. So That's rich. Uh, yeah. Kind of the same thing with Raf. Uh, 
you know, uh, having a relationship and, and trying to get into stuff and really wanted to, you know, like Melon said, I was at a point where I was like, yeah, I want to settle down. You know, I, I really want to make changes in my life. And, and I, I thought I was making choices to ultimately be happy. Um, the difference between Raf's and I's situation is, uh, you know, Raf's situation, she sounded pretty much like a narcissist. Like she was triangulating you maybe with you and this other dude. And she was just like, oh yeah, give me all your attention. Like what, what can you offer me? What can you do for me sort of thing? Because I mean, that's extremely messed up for her to be committed to this other dude and have you show up and give you the wrong impression to lead you on and then just completely shut you down. Like that's probably a boost for he, her ego. And she, and she obviously destroyed yours. So like uh, that's a shitty human being, like well, <laughs> whatever you want to it, call it, you know, to be completely honest, I deserved it. Like looking back the way I, I kind of kept stringing her along, not giving her like a definitive, yes, we're in it forever. Like I just, I would give her enough to want to keep the relationship going, but not really commit to anything more serious. Like just, and I knew what she wanted. And I just was, I didn't have the balls to tell her I'm not going to go down that road, but I would just give her enough to be like, trust me when I, I deserved every bit of what she gave me. Like she, that was like her lashing back at me for basically just being a jerk. So she brought I'm in picturing, I'm picturing in the spa bath. Yeah. With the Armenian and her making that and you're wearing <laughs> your, you're wearing your flannelette buttoned at the top and you got your bandana on and stuff. And, uh, and instead of a tattooed tear, there's a real tear rolling down your cheek as I kiss in front of dude, you. Dude. Oh my God. It took everything I had not to cry. Yeah. I was, uh, I felt very small in that hot tub. Man. With my swole pectoral muscles after the push ups. <laughs> God. Go ahead, I mean, Mike. We're, we're ma- cutting making this off. extremely hard for me to like open up now. It's just like, oh, God, man, what else are they going to say about me? So, <laughs> no, so uh, I really put in a lot of effort and I struggled with a lot of things as well. And I can agree with you, Raph, that I had some issues with like coming across and I wanted to maintain it long enough before I could get the strength up to make the, the decisions and moves that I had to, that I knew I wanted hundred percent. And I, I conveyed those. I, I was like, very, very, I've probably never been more honest in my life with someone. And I made those decisions and, and I moved forward and I was under the impression that it was mutual. Uh, and I was getting the impression that, Hey, yeah, I get it. Like I'll wait for you. This is going to, this is the way it's going to be. And for, for months. And I was like, I had high hopes, expectations. I was excited. I was like, Oh man, this is so tough, but it's going to be such a reward and just putting all my stuff into it. Well, ultimately uh, I found out kind of the same thing. Hey, making this big change in my life. So, you know, uh, we can have a shot and this, that, whatever. Well, she was already with someone else. And, uh, you know, from what I understand is, uh, He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a shipmate. He's a, he's a young little sailor, uh, which is, you know, not really a blow to my ego or anything like that, but it was just like, okay, that makes funny sense to me, but, uh, just completely not what I expected in in anything. And, uh, it tossed me into a a whirlwind of shit, you know, all last year, I've discussed stuff about my struggles and everything else, but here's the positives. Uh, because, you know, I've said before from training that I learned a lesson and I forgot it is you can do everything right. And, but you're still going to get, you know, whatever, you're still going to fail. You're still going to get screwed over because it's the way of the world. You can't control anything other than your response. 
and I forgot that lesson. I'll be honest. I forgot it. And I kind of just lost my mind and, you know, I was just crushed for a long time, but li- uh, living on my own after that and for the last year and a half, um, I've learned what it means to have self-worth again. I've redefined my goals. I understand my capability now that I'm by myself and what I can do and what I can accomplish like school. Right. So this is why it's such a big deal for me is I'm doing school on my own while managing a very tough job in a leadership position, plus charity work, you know, helping out with this podcast and everything else going on. Um, My sense of accomplishment, you know, I kind of touched on and then confidence in my resolve that like what Mellon said, I wouldn't go back and change anything. Like I did what I did in the moment because I was, I knew what I was doing was right, but I knew it was right for me because I knew what I had to do in order to get healthy. I knew what I had to do in order to let past things go, to be able to move on and become something better. Because I literally said by a quote, the one day when I was talking to her, I said, go ahead and hit me between the forehead or between the eyes with a two by four, because I'm going to come back 10 times better. And I feel that way today. I feel like I'm 10 times better than the person that I was in that moment when I said that but I knew that my resolve would end up that way. And I do believe that I'm a better person today with all the stuff that I've learned and the investment and everything else. So um, I really yeah, don't have I to... can... go ahead. If I can give you a compliment, Mike. So obviously I met you 2012, we were deployed in Afghanistan and you seemed grounded, but you were more leaning towards the, you know, the operator side of stuff. And that was kind of the center of your world. And then as time evolved, um, I saw, I, I got to know you a little bit better and I got to see more of your personal life. And then I, you know, eventually saw the struggles in your personal life. And then I saw you spiraling down in your personal life, right? Like just internally. Um, and then obviously over time, you were able to pull out of it and now you're kind of where you're at now. And I can tell that you're absolutely grounded in a better place and you seem more enlightened and you seem more like, like you really know yourself and you know, um, like that, I, I guess like internally, I feel like it's a healthier version of you. So I've, I've seen you literally through this voyage. Like I've seen, I, like I've seen all of it and it's pretty amazing to, to watch you kind of go into the ashes and come back out stronger, better, healthier and it's it's kind of cool man because you know some people don't come out of that some people hold on to that um and they just carry that weight for the rest of their lives and they and i unfortunately i know a lot of people like that that just hold on to these failures whether it's a lot of it is relationship and they just they can't let go of it and it just it just destroys it just it keeps them from really beating being as happy as they can be and as happy as you should be right like this you're your purpose in life is to be as happy as possible wherever you can get it. I want to echo what you've just said, Raph. Like <clears throat> we're both talking about uh, things that happened to us much earlier in our professional life and personal life. And having known Mike as he's gone through this experience and this journey, I, I, like I remember talking to you early on, Mike, about maintaining your center and that when life's spinning, you know, the faster the spin in your life, the more that that centrifugal force is going to affect you if you're not right exactly in the center, right? And it's just like, I haven't, we haven't talked about that for months. It's just like you are in your center. You have your sense of self-esteem and your sense of balance. And honestly, everything Raf just said about being healthy and so on is 100% true. And the, the thing that Raf has also just said is that people hold on to these failures 
like if it's a relationship, personal, professional, whatever it is, we've all got something, you know, and we all know people. I, I, like I'm thinking of five guys right now, you know, who that failure has like defined them not with like a gratitude, balanced victory. It's like a thing for them. And, you, you know, you, you just like, you know, when you, if you have a few drinks with them, it's going to come up and you're going to hear the same stories again. And you're like, move on, man. Like this is years of your life. Yeah. So like, I just sort of want to ask you what, what it was for you, because it's really recent, what it was for you that has had you be able to release and not have a sense of loss and just be yourself and not have that attachment to want to force the outcome that we all have in that, in that moment of failure? Uh, a very personal question, by the way. So tell no, me to get stuff. That's fine. Uh, honestly, it's, it's still realizing that there's victory in life and happiness that can be had. You know, all these things that I've talked about, self-worth, goals, capability, sense of accomplishment, confidence in my resolve, uh, it's all come from new things that I didn't really knew existed because I was so in a dark place and in a box for, for so long. I mean, going back to school, uh, meeting new people, uh, doing stuff where I'm reaching out and helping other people, you know, like I'm doing public speaking here and like next week actually to help people and like mental wellness and going through tough times. But it's like, you know, it, it, new opportunities have, have come and into my life. And I really want to embrace them because I do have happiness in them. And, you know, just going back to the thing about waking up every day, like that's, that's an opportunity. That's, that's something to be happy about and realize that like, I have an entire new set of 24 hours to make a difference and choose happiness. Like, that's pretty cool, man. Like to be able to, I mean, right now I'm trying to balance everything. I'll be honest. Like I got a lot going on with work and everything else. And it's just, it's a lot, but I'm almost done with school. And it's just like, I need to check off these big things. Uh, but they're feel good things. And it's something that I probably never would have jumped into, you know, if all that didn't happen, you know, cause I was so focused on the wrong things. I just want to say that in the, like you're sharing some stuff here that is absolute gold. And the key thing I just heard you saying there is you got a lot going on. And there'll never be a stage of your life where you don't have a lot going on and you're doing school and podcast, charity work, just your professional life alone would flatten most people. Friendships, you know, but you're choosing to be happy. You're not delaying that after some point in the future. If this happens, then I'll be happy, but there's no pursuit in it. And this is a, this is a fallacy in the West. The pursuit of it means you don't have it now. And choosing to have it in the moment is the key. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it, man, is realizing that like, hey, I'm already, I'm already here, like I'm already doing right. And that, that's a good feeling. You know, it's, it's not like, hey, I'm going to be happy on Friday at three o'clock. Like, no, it doesn't make any sense. You know, you're going yeah. it's going to be increased, but you can choose to be happy right now. What's up, Brad? I, I just want to say that like sometimes Melon just, you know, he just, I don't know, throws me off balance when I realize that he's not a complete see you next Tuesday. Like, so he'll just drop some pearls of knowledge. I'm like, who is this guy? Because two minutes ago, I'm like, he's the biggest see you next Tuesday I've ever met in my life. And then suddenly he just drops these pearls of wisdom. I'm like, I, I don't even know who he is. He's like, he's like a, he's like a counterfeit version of the guy that I'm, I know. I'm channeling someone. 
that's what we talked about. We were like, do you guys ever listen to the podcast like after it, you know, and like, what do you think about? It's just like, well, I don't really listen to myself. I go back and listen, you know, for me, I listen to Raph and Melon more because while they're talking, I'm thinking about what I want to say and what's kind of popping up. And we were kind of talking about it and I brought it up. I was like, I was like, and where do you get off coming off all intellectual melon? Like, because that's not who I know, you know, I go back and listen to it and I'm just like, who is that guy? I'm going to rugby training next and all my rugby mates be like, no, no, no. He's super intellectual. He's, he's like the brains of the operation for sure. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no joke. No joke. I just like choosing to be happy. You threw it out there in the middle of it all. And that is that, that that's the key for me. I reckon. Is there anything more you wanted to leave uh, the listeners with their TO? No, I've said my piece about YouTube <laughs> and my, and I, I've, I've already divulged more than I probably should have. Everyone's, oh my God. Everyone's going to picture me doing pushups in the bathroom. So I can hand it on. Yeah. And then, and then getting <laughs> shot down by a uh, Armenian creed with the choke chain. I don't even know what I'm trying to picture an Armenian creed and it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And no, I'm picturing, no, I'm picturing a little tear sliding down your little cheek in the, yeah. in the spa bath. Yeah. Well, man. Yeah. Saddest part is, like I said, I was the douchebag that day. I was like, that guy's a douchebag. And looking back, I was like, no, no, I was the douchebag. Oh, so funny. How, how, how hard is it when you put the lens of yourself like back oh. on yourself oh, when you're young? So any other, necessary, though. <laughs> any other um, pieces of gold you got in your, your war chest there, Mike, you want to drop on the listeners at the end here? Anything you, had, you, had, you wanted to say you haven't said yet? <laughs> Uh, no, not anything for the topic. It's, it's Labor Day weekend. And I know this is not coming out until like right after it, but, uh, it's really nice weather out and I hope everybody's having like a really good Labor Day weekend to take time and relax and reflect and, uh, you know, just take the whole week. Probably a lot of people are on vacation and, uh, just enjoy the family time, the friendships that you have and, um, leave work behind. It's kind of what Labor Day is for and, uh, focus on what's really important. So I hope everybody's doing that this week and just having a really nice time and enjoying your life. So awesome. I know I am, I'm going to have another beer and uh, sell it, keep celebrating my, my end of projects. Get the jelly shots out. Well, the thing I wanted to just, the last <laughs> little, the last little bit was just, you know, before the podcast, I literally just got home from work and came straight in with these guys. I actually was on the, on a, uh, a call with them while I was working, coming in the door and my two kids greeted me with, two boxes of um, muffins because it's, it's father's day in Australia and in the UK. And so shout out to all the fathers out there, you know, like can sometimes be unsung and uncelebrated a bit, but um, you're all doing an amazing job and the imprint that you have on your kids will never be erased and you'll be an archetype in their mind of manliness and what it is to be a father forever. So take care of yourself because there are little people who need you and, uh, you know, hats off for you for getting up every morning and getting out the door, mostly engaged in resource acquisition for the family. So happy Father's Day to those people in the countries where it is that today. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. That's great. Thanks, guys. Labor Day, Father's yeah, yeah. Day and, and little T.O. Raff in the spa bath with Creed. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next time, thanks very much for stopping by to, to, to check us out. And, uh, you know, just one small note there. If you could drop a review, 
we love to to get them and read them we reply to all the messages we get and it really makes a difference to us take care